Welcome to Call Hub Conversation about the intersection of politics and technology, from the first use of radio to broadcasting a speech to today's world of like AI-powered ads that target each individual voter individually. The tech of politics has increased exponentially with every decade. Now, as we enter the second decade of the 21st century, and you know things kick into gear, we still need answers to fundamental questions. Questions like what is technology for used for? In what ways? And what is the full impact of these new tools that we see? Um, in our politics on a day-to-day basis. So we speak to experts, we speak to stakeholders, campaign managers and engineers to get you the answers. So whether you're a voter wondering what about the future of the elections or a campaign manager looking to shape that future, this is the conversation for you. So in this episode, we are joined by Deepak Puri from Dem Labs. Um, hello, Deepak. Hi, Vinayak. Hi, hi. Um, thank you so much for being with us and for doing this. It is shockingly early in the morning for you. Uh, so yeah, to, just to kick it off, can you tell us a little about yourself and like how you got into this? Uh, sure. So uh, I'm originally from India. I um, In Delhi, I got my engineering degree. And when I was young, I always uh, admired um, things that were going on in America. I listened to speeches by John F. Kennedy. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be wonderful. I really wanted to come to America. And uh, many years ago, I had the opportunity to move to America. And um, I built my career in Silicon Valley. I was busy working. I got lucky. I joined several successful startups, including Oracle, Netscape, VMware, when they were small. And I never really paid attention to politics. I was just busy having my life, building a family, getting on with my career. And then in 2016, when Trump got elected, I could see a lot of the stuff about racism and immigration and, you know, a lot of stuff that I didn't really care for. And then my wife and I decided what do we do? Do we just keep going on with our careers hmm. or should we do something about this? And that okay. moment is when we started Democracy Labs. And Democracy Labs has a simple concept, which is how do we take the best in technology and storytelling to help causes like, you know, respect, immigration, women's rights and so on. So that's what I've been doing for the last seven years now. And it's been a wonderful change. Generally, politics has seen like you know, a young person's game over there. You, like, you didn't worry about like, you know, I don't know, the standard worries like, what about my future? What about like, you know, I have a life that didn't like bother you? Like, okay, I'm going to get into this? Uh, not really. Like, see, I think in different stages of your career, you have financial obligations. You've got to make money. You've got to have, uh, take your kids to school and so many other things you have to deal with. And you're pressed for time. When you have the luxury of having enough financial resources, having some skills, having some contacts, then it's a decision for each one of us to figure out what are we going to do with those skills that we've been blessed with. And my wife and I decided that the best way of giving back to America was to apply our skills to support the causes which make America great. because. When I was growing up in India, it was always the thing that, hey, in America, you can get ahead. If you work hard and you're smart, you can make a good living for yourself. Yeah, the and American dream. The American dream. 
And, uh, you know, everyone from everywhere in the world is welcome to come here and make a future for themselves. And that's an ideal I believe in. So when someone comes along and says, no, 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 you guys are from shithole countries, I quote, or, you know, women don't deserve equal treatment or everyone should have a gun. These are all things which I, I, I believe are not part of the traditional American dream. And for each one of us, in a sense, is like either you just say, all right, I'll live with it. I'll get on with making money or I'm going to do something about it. And I think that's that was the motivating factor for me. And I really appreciate the fact that I can apply the skills because as an engineer, you're used to analyzing problems. You're trying to find solutions and then you're comfortable implementing those solutions And normally we apply those skills primarily for business purposes, but those same skills, finding problems, understanding the problem, finding a solution and training people how to use that solution, those things apply just as well to politics and activism. I mean, yeah, interestingly, that was going to be my next point in the sense that did you pick technology because you had a technology background or is there something about technology you believe that it has a role in politics as such? I'm I'm an electrical engineer. And my career was in technology. And so I've been both a developer, I've been a product manager, and I've been in sales. So I understand technology. But I believe um, different people have different skills. Some people are great writers. Some people are great teachers. Some people are great speakers. And each one of us has our own unique gift. And how we use that gift is up to us. My gift just happens to be technology, so I'm applying what I know to serve the purpose I believe in. Okay, but in a broader sense, like, do you think technology has a space in politics? Does it make it better? Technology definitely has a role in politics. It can either make it better or it can make it worse. And so in the 2016 election, you'll recall, uh, there was a big scandal where Cambridge Analytica was being used to mislead people and they were using Facebook as the platform to spread disinformation. And so that's that's an example of technology being used badly. And similarly, uh, technology can also be used to help uh, elderly people, poor people get out to vote. So I would say technology is both good and bad. It depends on how you use it. True. Uh, you gave the example of like Cambridge Analytica, and that's tech used in like the worst way possible. Like that, that's just propaganda, possibly by a foreign country. But from your side, for example, you do work in tech. Can you give like an example of something tech that is for good that you have used yourself and you can say like, you know, like this actually does make a big difference. It helps. Well, sure. I could like, you know, on our website, thedemlabs.org, there are now over 2000 case studies. Okay. of how technology is being used for good. But I'll, I'll give you a simple one, which is one of the most effective ways to communicate for a cause or a campaign is through videos. And videos, whether they're on TikTok, YouTube, or any other way, is very powerful. But the traditional way of making videos is expensive. It needs a lot of skills and so on. Hmm. So uh, a lot of campaigns struggle to create videos for themselves. And what we found was there are a number of tools which are free, which can help create uh, videos. Like the one which I like especially 
is one called Lumen5. That's spelled cool. L-U-M-E-N-5.com. And Democracy Labs focuses on tools that are free. Mm. And uh, so anyway, I'll come back to that in a moment. So Lumen5 allows you to create videos where they have a huge catalog of video clips and soundtracks that you can use for free. And within a few minutes, you can produce a video, download it, and then use it for your campaign. Now, the fact that a campaign now does not have to spend a lot of money and time and effort to produce a video helps them get their message out to more people. And being able to do this for free, because it's important, like, you know, if you're competing with someone who has a lot more money than you and uh, they have a lot more people and they have consultants and they have computers, how are you going to compete with them effectively? And that's yeah. where technology is an equalizer. Because if you know how to use technology, especially if it's free properly, you can have a much bigger impact without being constrained by the amount of money that you have. So like, you know, so a big campaign has a lot of money. They can hire people. They can spend all kinds of money getting their message and propaganda. The little guy doesn't have that. And that's where technology helps. True. And American politics, especially the the costs are becoming a bit uh, mind numbing at this point. They're raising billion dollar watches to fight each other. So you think that technology gives like a little guy a chance to like stand up for, it could be anything. I suppose a mayoral election or the presidential election, but technology would allow them all to like stand equally someday, if not today. Yeah, it it definitely helps because um, the, the challenge is this. If you're running for office, let's just say you're running to be mayor in your city, you need to let people know what you're standing for, what you believe in and so on. And printing out flyers or buying TV ads or so on are not very effective because like you, we discussed earlier, people are on their phones, they're busy, they're on social media. So how do you get your message heard? And the traditional approach is the candidate goes out, raises money. And then they take the money that they raise, give it to a political consultant. The political consultant then goes and buys ads on TV or something else. And as an engineer, if you think about it, what is the return for my time and effort? So if a candidate is spending so much time raising money and then spending the money on things which are not effective, that's not a smart strategy. Whereas if the candidate whether it's in an intern or himself, produces a video and puts it out on TikTok or YouTube, and that reaches a few thousand people. The amount of time, effort, and money that they spend in to reach all these people is so much better. And the time that they save from fundraising, they can apply for other things. So that's why the little guy should, the little guy meaning the candidate in the small races, needs to be able to use technology better. So I think that also something like what you said kind of put that thought in my head in the fact that so it's better to cut out like the middle person and the candidate can have full control over their own campaign and their own system. But as long as they have the tools to like send the message out exponentially, is that would you say that's a fair assessment of how tech works in politics? Yeah, I I would say like, you know, the typical campaign A lot of people, candidates running for the first time, they haven't run before, so they immediately go engage with a political consultant. And you have to understand, like, 
you know, I was surprised myself because when I started Democracy Labs, I went to Washington, D.C. many times and I talked to people. I said, look, I come from the world of technology. There are all these wonderful apps and tools, and many of them are free or freemium. Let me explain to you how they can be used and how I'll be happy to train you on how to use them for free. And I said, like, you know, there's no money in it for me oh, and the cool. tools are not mine. And I thought, oh, you know, people would typically like this idea. But what I learned after a few months is people would always be very nice and saying, oh, Deepak, you are so smart. This is going to be a game changer. Let me get back to you. And then after a lot of um, repeated calls, I realized I was making no progress. And then someone pointed out to me, he said, Deepak, you're never going to succeed here. And I said, why is that? They said, because there is no money in giving out free tools to a political, for a political consultant. And as a result, if a political consultant is only concerned with how much money they can make off an activity, like, you know, if you place an ad on TV, you might make 20, 30% of the expenditure. Whereas if you have, uh, you know, something that's free, there's no money in it for them. So why yeah. would they? So that's the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I suppose what you're advocating, would it be fair to say that like, you know, candidates who just get the tech themselves and figure it out, it's easy to use and they don't need to have some middle person. Just get the technology yourself. People like you will help them or most technology, I suppose, is easy to use. So there should be real, no real barrier to them adopting this technology other than perhaps like, hesitation due to like older norms or something like that. Yeah, I think like, you know, all campaigns are different. Some of the larger campaigns have really large teams and they have very sophisticated consultants and data analysts and all. And that's, they definitely need that. And as long as the, you know, they're innovating and uh, applying new techniques, uh, it's great. Our focus has been more on the down ballot campaigns. Down ballot campaigns, meaning lower races like mayors, oh, oh. Uh, you know, and so on, because the smaller campaigns don't have that kind of money. They don't have that kind of visibility. And as a result, they struggle more. But because they have no money or very little money, the consultants leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And smaller campaigns have less staff and they're more willing to innovate. So oh. what we find is the adoption rate with those smaller campaigns is better. And moving on that, like, so our approach has been a campaign will come to us with a problem. How do I do this? How do I do that? So as a typical product manager, I will try and understand what they're trying to accomplish and then find the best solution. And the best solution, I believe, although I'm an engineer, I don't believe in developing new software if possible. Because if something is out there, and especially if it's free, why wouldn't I use it? So sure. then what I'll do is we'll take that technology, like for instance, one might be, how do I find out where the Indian population in Chicago lives, which is an example of geotargeting. Yeah. And so there are tools, again, very affordable, which can help apply data analytics and mapping to say, you should focus on these areas. So what we'll do is we'll work pro bono, meaning for free, with any campaign on the progressive side, trying to apply technology to solve their problems. But then once the problem has been solved, 
I'll kind of explain how we did it with what are the tools, how to get those tools so that other people can use the same technology for their own purposes. And I put this information up in the form of a small case study oh. on our website. Because the idea is not for me to keep doing this over and over again, but the idea is to solve the problem once and share the solution so anyone can do it themselves. Speaking of new tools, AI is all the rage, artificial intelligence. It's not true artificial intelligence, I suppose, but still it's coming on handy. Have you seen any like the rise of artificial intelligence in the tools that we are using now in like newer versions of them perhaps? Oh, quite a few. We have been trying out different AI tools for over a year now. And I can elaborate on some of the different ways that we're using it and showing people how to use it if that's of interest. Oh, yes, of course, definitely. So what we started doing was we experimented with, there's an app called MidJourney. And so what MidJourney is useful for is creating images. So you can type in the description of what you want. So we showed campaigns how you can use that app to create images that can be used in flyers and brochures and so on. Um, From there on, we went to how do you create a video? And there's apps for that where the videos will have avatars or characters and you can tell them what to say and you can add background clips. So we started experimenting with that in a good way. We don't want people to misuse the technology. And over there, we used an app called Synthesia. Um, They also have restrictions on preventing people from misusing the technology. So creating images, creating videos. And then what we started doing was we said, all right, not everyone is a good speech writer. How do we create an AI engine that can help people write better speeches? So we created a learning model. This was using ChatGPT4, which had the best speeches from Martin Luther King, President Barack Obama, John F. Kennedy, and we fed that into the learning model. So then people can say, write me a speech like Barack Obama would have. And so we've been doing that. And now more recently, what we found is a lot of people struggle to um, produce. I talked about how it's helpful to have video content. It's also helpful to have audio content, like in the form of a podcast or like, you know, obviously we're doing a podcast. Yeah. So people will have big documents, but uh, it's hard for someone to sit down and read all those documents. So what we're doing is we're using AI to take a document, extract the main features and create a podcast. Mm. So that way people can listen to it while they're driving or working out. And so we find AI is very good at that. And also here in the U.S., we're working with a group called AAPI, which stands for Asian American Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. And in the US, like a lot of content is produced in English. Yeah. But what happens if you're a first generation immigrant and you speak your native languages, Hindi or Chinese or Korean or Vietnamese? So the same engine that produces content, audio content in English, can also transcribe it and translate it into these other languages. So the same message gets adapted to different groups. So we find AI creating videos, creating audios, creating speeches, helping get the message out to more people. There's all kinds of applications. 
since you mentioned like AI must be used for the right purposes, I was wondering like where your red lines are. Where do you say that you know, this is going too far or this is not how it should be used? Like what should we keep an eye out for in AI in that sense? I, I think AI is like, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, studying disinformation. And because the thing is this technology, like everything else, has a good purpose and a bad purpose. So a bad purpose recently was in a recent election, uh, someone had used AI. This was, you know, someone on the bad side to create a message to tell people don't vote. And they created the message in the voice of President Biden. And it went out as a robocall. So in a certain election, I think this was in New Hampshire, this call went out, an automated call to a lot of people saying, don't vote, don't vote. And it sounded just like President Biden. Now, that's a horrible, horrible example of AI being used to create disinformation. So what we, you know, what our belief is, you should not be deceiving people. You should not, you know, you can create fake images, fake videos, fake voices. Unfortunately, the tools are out there and bad people are going to use it. And it's really hard to kind of distinguish between the real thing and a fake audio. And so, you know, there's regulations coming out, but it's always technology is, seems to be one step ahead of the regulations. It does. And oftentimes the ones who create the regulation, I mean, the create the technology have interesting ways to stop the regulation as well, Uh, which is like, that's my personal belief, why I think that uh, the regulations always seem a step behind because people who make the tech certainly want to keep the regulations that way. But that aside, it can be used for good. It can be used for bad, I suppose. But in sense, but your sense generally is that technology must be used in politics. Do you feel there's reluctance to adopt technology? Or like, are you an advocate who says that, no, you have to. If you want to win, you have to take this technology. It's one of those unfortunate things, which is whether campaigns use it or not, bad actors are using it. So you could say, well, as a matter of principle, I'm not going to use it. But whether you like it or not, bad actors are using it already and you're going to get hurt by it. So I think it's important for people to understand the technology and make sure that it's being used for a good purpose. Because otherwise, the other side, you can call them out on it. Because what we did was, and you'll find this blog on our website, once people had generated this AI-generated robocall to tell people not to vote, I wrote a blog to explain how AI can be used to generate voices so people are aware of this trickery that's going on. So we took a message which says, make sure to vote. Very simple message. And then we generated a voice in the voice of Taylor Swift, Snoop Dogg, and Darth Vader. It was meant It was meant as a lighthearted exercise. And people can go to our website, listen to it, because my purpose is to help illustrate how technology can be used and make it interesting and make it funny. But the point is, people need to know this is possible and that's how they're being attacked. And then they can do the right thing. Okay, speaking of the right thing, like I like that idea. So what is your vision of, let's say, the future? Like in a couple of years, what do you expect? Let's assume the fact that the regulations do come in and like, you know, for the sake of this conversation, like the best ideal purposes of all technology, not just AI, all the tools that you have, what do you see as like the future of this path that we are on in which there is more technology integrated into our political campaign every day types? What's your vision? So um, I would say like one of the 
terrible things that's happened in U.S. politics, and many of your listeners may not know about this, is there's a, there was a bill passed by the Supreme Court called Citizens United. Yes. And what that does is basically allow big companies and corporations to spend unlimited amounts of money on campaigns. And it really gives a leg up to the rich people and takes advantage of the poor folks who don't have that kind of capability. So going back to your question about what I see in the future as a good outcome is this regulation has been passed and there's a lot of money floating around and the big races often whoever has the most money wins, which as a result kind of creates the environment where if I'm a billionaire and I'm racist, I can get candidates elected who are against immigration or who don't like black or brown people. And as a result, the billionaires get to control who gets into politics, how the laws are written, and so on. So how do other people compete in this environment? And so technology has a role to play because um, I'll kind of digress for a second. So what we found in working with lots of campaigns is basically there's three main functions. The first function is targeting. How do I find the people who are most likely to support me, the people who are against gun violence, who want to make sure women have their rights and so on. So I need to find those people. And I could apply geotargeting, I could apply analytics, I could apply chatbots and so on. Now I've built that list. So that's one step one, finding those people. The second step is persuasion. How do I tell people that this is what's going on, this is what's wrong, this is how you can fix it, and that persuasion or storytelling could be in the form of videos, podcasts, infographics, maps, all kinds of tools which are delivered through the website and other ways. So targeting, persuasion, and the final thing is what's called mobilization. Mobilization means I found my voters, I've told them that you need to vote. And then the last step is making sure that they actually get out and vote. And so over there, again, it's AI, chatbots, all kinds of stuff. So what we find is if you can accommodate these three steps, targeting, persuasion, and mobilization, you have a chance to kind of, you know, get elected and support people. And that's where technology comes in. So to wrap up, what I would suggest is in an ideal world, the difference between the rich guys who can have a lot of technology and consultants and the little guy who doesn't have those resources, technology kind of puts them on a level playing field or somewhat level. But in order to do that, they need to understand what technology is available and how to use it. And that's what Dem Labs tries to do. This brings us back nicely to where I wanted to end this conversation also, because like uh, you had mentioned at the, somewhere at the start where you're like, oh, this is free, but I'll get back to that later. And I do know that this is pro bono. So I was wondering, like, you know, what keeps you going? You're not, it's not like you're making money out of this and you do this every day. And Dem Labs, is not, it's not something that you're making a lot of money out of as such. So like, you know, what keeps you going and, you know, why is it free? I suppose that's the best way I could ask it. Uh, that's actually a simple one. 
which is I feel very fortunate that I was able to come to America. I got lucky and joined some very successful startups. And I've been blessed with, you know, a good family and uh, enough financial security. So then the question comes for each one of us that you've been given all those things. What are you going to do with it? And so what keeps me going is if I can make a small difference and help good people get elected, I'm perfectly happy with that. And um, like you said, Democracy Labs, there is um, what I tell people is these tools are not my tools. We'll use tools from Microsoft, Google, Amazon, all kinds of companies. I have no stake in them. Those tools are not mine. And I will tell people, go here and find those tools. And this is how you use them. So um, my contribution is if I can apply the gifts that I've been given to help other people find the tools so they can do a better job, that's great. Because um, like America is like, you know, I think a lot of people in India still have that belief is the American ideal that you can work hard and get make a good life for yourself is still there. But the thing is, when the system has been corrupted by rich people, who use racism and hatred against women and so on to get elected or religion, that's wrong. Because a lot of Americans still have the traditional values that you treat other people with respect. But if the system has been corrupted by politicians who have a lot of money but are instigating fear and hatred and violence, that's wrong. Now, each one of us can do our own little bit. Some people who have money can donate to candidates. Other people who are writers can write about stuff and so on. And each one of us can do our own little part. But for me, since I come from the technology world, the idea of being able to apply what I know is uh, I really enjoy it. And there's a saying which someone told me as an organizer, I'll kind of repeat it, which is because a lot of people from India and Asia think that, oh, okay, like, you know, if I have money, politics isn't going to hurt me. And so stay away from politics. It's a dirty business and just keep on making money. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way because gun violence, pollution, all kinds of hatred against immigrants hate crimes. These are all things, no matter how much money you have, it can come back to hurt you in a big way. So it's incumbent on people to get involved. And how they get involved is up to them and their situation. But there's a saying which says, if you are not at the table, you are on the menu. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's, I, I love that one because coming from India and from an Asian background, you say, oh, leave politics out, out of it. I'll just make money. It doesn't work that way. You have to stand up and you have to advocate in whatever way you can to do the right thing. And that's what I do. 
right so just for our readers where um, you know where are the various places they can like follow you or keep a track of your work as such so our website is the democracy lab the demlabs.org i'll spell it out t h e d e m l a b s .org and i also produce a podcast uh where i interview other activists and organizers and that is on digitalpoliticsradio.com digitalpoliticsradio.com and that's available on apple spotify a whole bunch of podcasting channels so please join us let other people know and like i said the idea is to share resources that are free and connect people with experts in the field and uh, that's what we're all about and I want to thank you Vinayak for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. The pleasure has been mine.